Hey everyone, this is Jeremiah from Lemon Pie. I decided to upload uh, brands that podcast unedited on the topic of should you break your podcast site into a separate website, or should you house it on your on your root domain or your main you know your main website. This is something we actually recently made a big switch on with brands that podcast, and there was a lot of thought that went into it. So I thought it would help you if it's something that your company is thinking through. So to be clear, you have four main options when it comes to where you host your website and the online presence that you give it. Number one, you can host it on a separate site provided by your podcast host. So Transistor.fm is a good example of this. They're a podcast host. When you sign up with them, you get unlimited podcasts and you can have a website, a corresponding website for that podcast. Number two, you can make it on a separate site you build. So that would be mypodcast.com. Uh, you know, as an example, and you would build it on WordPress. Uh, you could use Squarespace. You could custom code it, Webflow, whatever you want. You could use a subdomain, which would be podcast.example.com, where example.com is your company's name, and you just host it on a subdomain. And number four, you could put it on your main website, example.com forward slash podcast. So here are a few things you would need to consider that play into which way is best for you. How automated and easy do you want it? Do you want to have to create, potentially create a new page every time you release a new episode? Or do you just want it to kind of spit out a page or an episode automatically and be done? How much time do you want to play with the look and feel of it? Do you want to spend time formatting all the podcast badges and images and layouts and all of that? How much time do you have every week to devote to it? Will you be adding articles or other resources? Do you want to do any customizations like um, potentially inviting people to sign up for a newsletter? Or do you want to integrate it into some of your other marketing efforts? And how much do you want to make it a separate brand? These are all important things to consider. So here's some of the pros and cons I think of and some of the things we thought through. So... For option one, a separate site that's provided by the host, in this example, Transistor. Benefits here are it's fast, it's out of the box, and it's free. I mean, not really free because you're paying for hosting, but it's included with that. You don't have to worry about formatting. Generally, these sites like Transistor provides a pretty nice looking website. A good example of this is rework.fm, which is Basecamp's podcast. They are hosting on Transistor. Um, if you publish a new episode, it automatically creates a new episode page, provides links directly to that episode on all the different podcast platforms you check off, um, and it just shows up. You just you push publish new episode, you go to rework.fm, and there's your latest episode, you know, showing like your most recent five or ten episodes or whatever, um, and it copies everything over for you. So it's very easy, it's very fast. The con, well, a con is it's not extremely robust and not easily customizable. I think Transistor provides a field for some custom CSS, um, but there's gonna be a lot of things that you can't do with things like that. Simplecast is another host that I don't even think they let you right now add custom domain names. Um, Transistor does, but it's not gonna be very easily customizable, but it's easy, it's fast, and it's out of the box. The second way, uh, hosting it on a separate site you build. So mypodcast.com and you build it on Webflow or Squarespace or something. Pros here is that it allows for a way more custom look and feel. You can really make it pop or stand out. 
you can potentially, uh, the other benefit here from a marketing perspective is you may find it easier to build a following because usually, naturally, if you're checking out a podcast and it's very easy to see the main company or the brand that's putting it out, like, you know, if you can see their navigation menu and all that, depending on your audience, um, they may be less inclined to join your newsletter and everything, right? Because they're kind of associating, oh yeah, this is a show, but really like, you know, you're, you're a business and are you going to email me additional stuff? Are you going to spam me? It may be a little bit harder to build kind of a fan following around a show with that, <clears throat> depending on your audience. may not be, but just a consideration. Um, you will be able to make it more robust and you can, you know, hosting it on the right place, you can add articles. And so if you wanted to make sort of a, you know, Basecamp runs a publication called Signal vs. Noise, Signal v. Noise. Um, and it's a really cool conglomeration of articles and things like that. Let's say you want to make it just the most value-providing brand out there. And so you want to release articles and episodes and videos all under the name of your podcast. And it's kind of like a catch-all of all this value that you're giving to your audience. Well, then you probably would want to brand it off into, into this separate site, right? You'd probably want to go with method two. Um, a con is that it's going to be time-consuming and costly. And if it's not done right, it could lose connection to your main brand. So you could do, you know, and I don't think this is the main concern, but you could sort of your, your main brand and the kind of the reason why you're doing it could get lost in creating this separate thing. But I think this is kind of the best way to go if you're trying to really build like a cult following and you want to ultimately release articles, have guest contributors, um, you want to launch a podcast and a video series and kind of house it all in one place, you should probably go with method two. Method three is using a subdomain, so podcast.example.com. Here, you still get the benefit of creating a custom site. Right? On subdomains, you'll be able to still, even if you're on Squarespace or WordPress, you can use Webflow you know, for your subdomain. Um, so you're going to be able to have a custom clean install, which allows the same customization of the look and feel, but you're going to get more brand recognition with this. Your name will be, your brand name will be visible in the root domain. Uh, it will, there will be some SEO benefit to this, um, some traffic hitting that subdomain. Um, SEOs kind of fight and bicker about how effective subdomains are for SEO, but there's definitely some benefit uh, to, to hosting it there. You know, if people link to that, there's probably some benefit to your root domain. Um, a con here is that it would be time consuming and costly still. So, you know, depending on, unless you really integrate it well and you kind of do some customizations or use Zapier flows or find something like that, you're probably still going to be kind of manually adding new episode pages or show notes pages and things like that. So you got to be prepared for more time invested in it. Same as method two. It's not going to be as easy, as easy as like an out-of-the-box website. But you can do the same things you can in, in, you know, too. You can build articles. You can add guest contributors, whatever you want to do. A little bit more brand recognition, potentially more SEO benefit. Same, same cons of being time-consuming and costly. And the fourth method is hosting it on your main website. Example.com forward slash podcast. This provides the best brand connection. It's really, really clear who your brand is that's hosting it. 
it can play really nice with your other branded marketing efforts. So if you're, let's say you're, you know, really have you been doing a good job of releasing articles under your main brand name's blog um, and you have good newsletter signups going, this is only going to add to that and benefit that. And this can play really nice with your existing content marketing efforts on your main site. Um, and if you do it right, it can be done really tastefully. You can, you know, depending on the platform you're on, you can make forward slash podcast, that page, kind of look like a, a, like a separate site in its own right. And yeah, maybe it has the same navigation menu as your homepage. Um, but I think there's some benefit to that in that it lets people see without you being salesy, it's very easy for them to look up at the main menu and say, oh, look, they have services, they have consulting, they have an about us page. If we want, we can gather from just those words that they sell something related to this that we could go up and check out if we ever need help, you know. So it, it, it can be done really tastefully and, and, in a, and in a powerful way. It also allows the best SEO benefit of the four options. So, you know, if, if your guests are linking over to the episode they've been featured on, those are backlinks directly to your root domain, you know, to your main website. Um, and anyone who shares it, you're getting social shares for that, so it's the best SEO benefit. As for cons, Oh, I should also say a good benefit is that your site's already kind of designed and built. So for better or worse, you can kind of just build a page and get going. Um, a con, <clears throat> excuse me, a con is that it might be more work and more manual, again, depending on your site setup. There are ways, for example, that, you know, I'm sure with Webflow or Squarespace and using an RSS feed, you could make it slightly more automated, but you're likely going to have to still do some customization, um, still, you know, some work. Every time you release an episode, you're going to have to have someone internally uh, creating something, uploading images, doing something. You could probably automate up to 80% of it um, if you're on the right platforms and you can, you know, and either your developers can help you or, you know, you can use Zapier or something like that, but it's going to be a little bit more manual. Um, and then another potential con is you might lose trust or it may be harder to build a following, right? Again, depends on your audience. If your audience kind of knows who you are and they don't care and you're, you're really good about the way that you do it, it may not be a big deal at all. But I don't know how much Basecamp would have built Signal V Noise if it just would have been Basecamp forward slash blog, right? The fact that they were able to break it into its own thing I think you're just more inclined from a marketing perspective to get signups to signal V noise because then people know they're only going to get emailed articles and things that they're interested in. They may, they know what, you know, they know Basecamp, they know there's project management software. They're not ready for it yet. They've checked it out. They know it exists. They're not ready for it. They don't necessarily want to join Basecamp's newsletter, but signal V noise is just value. And so it's just a chance for Basecamp to be able to like provide value um, speak their mind and it gets their brand out there over time and keeps people engaged. So if yours is the audience that like that would prohibit signups, then, you know, you might not want to go with this method. Um, and then finally, I should say, if your podcast is the brand, then obviously you need your own site. But I think that goes without saying. So those are the options you have. Um, for us, we recently, we started hosting on WordPress, and we built a completely separate site for brandsthatpodcast.com. The goal initially for us, our why of doing that was we wanted to it to be sort of a catch-all. We wanted to release um, articles 
and thought leadership pieces. Just we wanted to really put out really valuable, insightful articles for our audience who like to read, as well as audio episodes. And someday we might have expanded out into video and other things. And our thought was, well, you may not want to hear from a podcast agency or podcast company. You may think you may be less inclined to check out brands that podcast if you are afraid that we're just going to spam you. We're not. That's not who we are. But you may be less inclined. So let's build it on. Let's kind of make a signal V noise of our own and build a following around that. And over time, what we decided was we really wanted our thought leadership articles to be coming from lemon pies. So we moved the articles over. And then really like the only thing that was left on the brands that podcast.com site was episodes. So at that point for us, it really didn't make sense. It was a lot of work. It's maintaining a completely separate domain, a complete, it's a, you know, a separate WordPress site with updates and plugins. And, you know, um, so what we decided to do was just move it over to lemon pie. So if you go to brands you'll now be redirected and you can check out what we've done with that. And I think that I'm, you know, I'm happy with what we built. I think it's a good example of, um, of, sort of this number four option of using your main website forward slash podcast or forward slash whatever the podcast name is. I think it can be done really tastefully. So you can check that out as an example. Um, But that's kind of why we did it. We wanted to, we knew that our existing lemonpie.fm could be um, customized pretty well. And we wanted to be really clear that, you know, once it came down that like our articles were going to come from Lemon Pie and our videos were going to come from Lemon Pie, then, you know, it, it really made sense just to say, hey, these, these episodes are very clearly from Lemon Pie too. Um, and we're, you know, we're the company behind this, behind this brand. So I think that that's, a, we, we found it to be a really happy medium. For us, it didn't make sense to maintain a separate presence. We're going to be able to build out episode pages a little bit faster, not much faster. It's still quite a bit of work. And I'll say, having the perspective of that, we get a much more custom look out of it. We're really happy with it. We like the flexibility. We like that we can make it play really nice with call to actions we're using on our articles and things like that. But it would be nice sometimes, being that we're a small team, to have a website like Transistor, where you know once we publish an episode, the page is just out. There's something really to be said for the cleanness and neatness of that. So. Anyway, that's kind of how we thought about it. We, we handled the decision internally. It, the right answer for you is just going to depend on your goals. You know, how, how much time do you have? How automated? How easy do you want it? Are you just going to do an episode and all you need it to do is just show episodes? My recommendation would be use Transistor. Use something like that and just go out of the box. Does it matter to you that it looks different than other podcast websites? You need it to look a little bit more pro with branding. Um, then consider using a subdomain or hosting it on your own website if you want to integrate it with the other marketing efforts. And finally, if you're trying to build a major following and you just want this to be, you, you want to set the foundation of what could be just this amazing content sort of media brand um, with where you're inviting other people in to contribute and, you know, go look at signalvnoise.com. If you want it to be like that and broader because you want to loop in episodes and videos and stuff, then make it its own thing and really go for it um, and make it its own brand, you know, and, and just connect the two. Link, link, your, link your brand's website to your podcast website. Those would be my recommendations. I hope you enjoyed this and that it was helpful.